Welcome to Ashamed of Thrones, your weekly recap podcast for HBO's The Confederate of a TV show, A Game of Thrones. Um, my name is Doug, with me as always is Brian, and we got a special guest who's been on the show before uh, by the name of Snacks. And Snacks, are you aware of this show called The Confederate that the showrunners from Game of Thrones are going to try to get <laughs> off the ground? I am. That's that's a, it's it's an insanely bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you had a fake trailer in which, like, uh, it was a silent movie era guy. It was John Smith, uh, and he started yeah, a movie went, called The Confederate, and it was right. such a ridiculous. Um, it was such because right, we because we were joking on like Birth of a Nation and having like this racist guy being in a movie star, uh, like a. Like a Confederate is like the hero, so right. um, yeah, it's a terrible idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how it's a good idea. Uh, I mean, I don't even like the high in the, the man in the high castle. If you guys ever seen that, that's another all history, I guess, show. But um, they don't; the, those producers and showrunners don't have the track record that D and D have. So I'm sure I, I don't. I don't think they have the the. Um, I mean, that takes such nuance, and they do not have the nuance to get that done. I don't see. I don't know what you're talking about. Let's jump right into the show. Yeah, I disagree. So. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is uh, episode three of season seven, uh, the Queen's Justice. Uh, I got to give you my initial impressions, and I'll go around the room. Uh, I, once again, I enjoyed this episode. I feel like there were just a couple of things that stopped it from being really good. Uh, still enjoyable though, um, overall. And I'll, I'm sure I'll bitch about it in in length when we get to the wrap up. But uh, snacks, why don't you start us off? Then we we'll go check in with Brian. All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I knock us off the rails, but I, I think you mentioned that we're in like fan fiction territory. Yep, absolutely. And and fan uh, service wa- too. Yeah, just every show is just complete. Um, I, I don't know. It, it, it just lost its edge. It's lost its complexity. It's lost. Um, it, it's lost its nuts. Um, I, I thought. I thought this episode was terrible. <laughs> All right. So, uh, but. Once again, we like to grade the uh, shows based on other Game of Thrones episodes, uh, and you've seen at least last week's episode. I don't know if you saw the first one, right? I did see uh, last week's episode, um, and I felt like this one was worse. Okay. Well, I feel like it's worse, too, but I still think it's enjoyable. Once again, we're coming off a Season 5 rewatch, um, in which every show was horrible to watch, Um, so... I'm still enjoying this. Uh, Brian, what'd you think? I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I definitely wouldn't put it in the top 10, but I, I, it was enjoyable to me. And I do think we, we're, we've talked about it a lot. They're just, they're trying to get through this thing as quickly as they can in the 13 episodes. And I think that's part of what snacks is alluding to is it's just lost a, a lot of subtlety and it, it's just people, a lot of it's just people smashing into each other, but not enough actual smashing though. Right. Well, like I feel like if Game of Thrones had one theme to the books, was it was like pretty much fuck what you expect. Uh, yeah. This 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 narrative is beholden to no fucking one. Like it's like fuck you the book. Mm-hmm. And now this is all just like here you go, stupid. Wish you know. Yep. Hey, you want this here? It's a it's a blizzard. You can put Butterfinger and Reese's Pieces in it. Do you like it? Mm-hmm. You know. Well, well, George R. R. Martin would just be like, no, fuck you, no, you know. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm everything is, it's all these tropes. I mean, he said before it's, you know, uh, like, uh, Oberyn is directly 
you know, people said, oh, it kind of sounds like Indigo Montoya from uh, Princess Bride when he's like, you killed my father, prepare to die. Only, and he, he doesn't kill the, the man with six fingers. He gets his brain smashed in by a goddamn monster. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think George R. R. Martin is, um, you you know, turning these tropes on their head. But at the same time, how is he going to end the series? I feel like he has to give in to some wish fulfillment. I just feel like... Uh, the showrunners don't know what the hell to do, so they're erring on that side. Now, that being said, I feel that that is their best play because I've seen them do uh, you know, other stuff that I guess is trying to be complex and edgy, and it's been awful, so I'm okay with this. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I oh, agree to disagree. That's fine. Uh, that's why we have you on here, to be a goddamn stick in the mud. Um <laughs> Okay, if I before I get into it, I want I did want to say this episode could be summed up in one word, and that word would be catty. I feel like it's it's fucking Mean Girls in medieval times, in which all these women are in power, but instead of uh, acting like grown up, they're acting like teenagers talking about you know just trying to get the last word in in verbal battles, uh, like you know Cersei did to Ilaria, and we had the Queen of Thrones do to Jaime. It's all this like I got in the best quip, and I made somebody feel awful for the day. Disagreed? Yeah. Agree? No, I, I think you're uh, pretty on point there. Okay. Sure. All right, before we start as well, uh, there's something that's been floating on the, the internet that I have to acknowledge. The opening credit sequence, which I normally just fast forward through, people are pointing out that in this season, when they show the wall, the waters around the wall have been frozen over. Any credence no, to... That's, de- that's been debunked. Um, it's not, it's just the, this tell me I took a picture of it zooming out or something like that to mm-hmm. where it looks different. It's the exact same thing that that's, it's been debunked is my understanding. Okay, good. Cause I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't, uh, do the research of actually going back and watching it, my, it myself because I've already watched the show twice and I'm not going to do it a third time. So do it. That's fine. All right. So, uh, the show begins with, uh, John and Davos, uh, arriving on the shores of Dragonstone being greeted by Tyrion and Miss Sandy and a bunch of... Uh, goddamn dirty um, Dothraki. Uh, the boys catch a bit of uh, catch up a bit. Um, you know Tyrion and John they joke around, uh, but are the Northmen are immediately disarmed and their boat taken away. At that time they like pointed to the boat and I was like, okay, everybody's watching this boat. That's not a good sign. Uh, and they go ahead and walk up this endless stair to the castle, the same one we saw last week. But this time we get to see a conversation on the way up, which is kind of nice. Uh, Tyrion comments on his marriage to John's sister Sansa. Uh, he assures John that he uh, didn't want any part of it, and he definitely did not bang her. Um, Tyrion says uh, he wouldn't have advised John to come. Wonder why he did. And um, he says that Stark lords don't fare well traveling south. John replies that he is not a Stark, and at that exact moment, a dragon passes overhead, punctuating the point that he is a Targaryen. Uh, it is clear that John is out of his depth because he's just staring in awe at these dragons, and Tyrion helps him up, and they proceed on to the castle. So, like this, this episode was like a thing of first, like things you just wait for forever. Yeah, in the show and in the book, and you're like, hey, these two guys are going to get back together. That's great. I like these two guys because they're both like the bottom of the barrel of their families, yep. and I just felt this whole thing was supremely disappointing underwhelming was just and just a bridge for exposition Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it would and i feel like they're relying on fans knowing that they want to see these two characters together 
And it's like, hey, we put them together. Is that enough for you all? And um, I think most people were like, yeah. Like Rob Bricken on um, io9 was like, yeah. And I'm like, uh, no, the, this, this, where's the tension? Where's the conflict? Where's yeah, anything? I, I this, was, is, this, is, this is nothing. I was talking to you Brian know? last week with Nymeria coming back, uh, talking to Ari. I was like, well, this is going to be nothing because the show yep. has given no evidence that the direwolves mean anything. So why would I give a fuck about a CGI direwolf coming back for two minutes and then disappearing? Yeah, um, and they need that stupid, uh, like, uh, self-filating documentary at the end where they interview the writers. Oh, and they're my like, God, yeah. We, we said this because of this. And you're like, well, if you have to explain it, you kind of fucking drop the ball, you numbnuts. Um, I'll say more yeah. about that when we get to the final scene because they, they commented on the final scene. And I'm like, yeah, these softballs that they're like, who's asking these interview questions? They're like, we're the best. And it's like, yeah, wouldn't it be great if you invented this fantasy world instead of just like fucking adapting it to television, you know? By a guy who wrote for television. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Brian, your thoughts? Yeah, where, where the hell are all the Dothraki, for Christ's sakes? I don't know where they're hanging out. At least in, remember yeah. when they show some of the uh, cliff scenes where people are meeting on the cliff, like two separate characters had to meet on that cliff those guys yeah. are like hey this this scene is good uh, this we found the perfect spot on a bunch of cliffs we're gonna film like four yeah. scenes there but at least in that scene you saw like more of the island and it looked like the island was cut up into like farming squares you know like farmland has those bush divisions so like yeah farmers don't farm on each other's it's land it. or whatever i don't know and nanus was like hanging out at dragonstone before he tried to conquer this kingdom right that's what like his job was like yep. run this castle and then he went and tried to conquer the kingdom. And then who did he leave in his stead to run Dragonstone? Uh, no, but he just abandoned it, like, uh, which sounds totally reasonable, right? <laughs> so, so when Danary shows up in episode one, did she have to boot a bunch of people? Or nope, was it just not like even this like squatters. Castle? Not even squatters. Boy, that sounds fun. Isn't that ridiculous? And the whole thing, you missed, uh, you didn't miss much with episode one, but I enjoyed it too for some reason. But, um, it was really just uh, uh, like, like, like you said, it was acknowledging the first. Oh, this is the first time she's setting uh, foot on Dragonstone. And she makes a big deal of getting out of the boat and putting her hand on the soil. As you know what I do yeah. when I land in Tampa International Airport, I get, <laughs> I get out of the plane, get well, on the tarmac. It's the perfect time to do like that Lord of the Rings thing. Re remember when they go back to like Hobbit land? Yeah. And it's been turned to shit. Turned to shit, yeah. And, and so, it's so great. Because you're just, like, so pissed about it, and then they have to boot everybody out of their well, fucking house. Well, they've learned the life lesson that, you, like, life freedom isn't free, essentially, or life isn't easy. Yeah. Like, they're going to have to... Yeah, take some work. Yeah, take some work. Uh, no, Danny just shows up, and there's nobody on there, and she just walks through the place. It's It wasn't... That part right. I hated. Um, I did like this the shot of the conversation between John and Tyrion, because it they were walking. You know, it was one of those shots where it was probably on a... Um, Steady cam and you know the the PAs pulling the guy holding the camera behind him. Yeah, yeah. um, I thought that looked really well. And did you? Uh, let me ask you, somebody who works like in in video, do you think the show looks better at least? Like I think the show looks better. Like one of the things that really bothered me about last season is when they were um, uh, I, I forget the name of everything. They're hanging out in Danneries like pyramid, like at the top of the pyramid. That's the name of and it. that's and that set looks so fucking cheap. Yeah. Um, and at least the new sets look. Like they spent some money on it, and they're shooting a lot more exteriors. And yeah, this episode was pretty as pretty as hell. Yeah. Um, except except we I know we'll get there, but Casterly Rock and High, uh, High Garden looked 
like zero personality. Yeah, there they were definitely coughs cutting measures in both those yeah. um, scenes. Brian, anything else? Um, yeah, I thought it was odd. Why didn't Tyrion uh, warn John that he about the bend the knee thing? Because yeah. I, I think we determined that it wasn't actually in the letter that was sent summoning John. So it seems odd that Tyrion um, should know that that this shouldn't be a surprise to both people at the first time they're meeting that they don't even have the actual message that was supposed to have been communicated. Yeah, that that becomes painfully clear in the next episode or the next scene yeah. rather. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I agree with you. You should just give him a heads up. But yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's one of those things that, like, I think in the book is going to be so much more um, complicated. Or at least I hope so. Oh yeah, all of this seems like it's going to be more complicated. Like, uh, th- we'll get there, but this whole meeting between John and Danny is already starting to become more. It's already starting to thaw in two scenes. Right. You know what I mean? It's just there's not enough conflict there for it to be. Interesting. And, I, and I'm sorry if this is a tangent. Do Do you think? Um, George R. R. Martin will be a dickhead because, like in the books, he leaves it that Jon Snow is like maybe dead, but he does that a lot. Um, and if I was this motherfucker, I'd be like, oh yeah, he's dead. Like, I'm like he's not. Yeah, in the, the next more book. the more I think about <laughs> yeah, like, it, he's like, fuck you, you know, nope, dead. The more I think about it, the more I think that George Martin is just changing his game plan. He's saying, I don't like the books. I don't like them telling my story, so I'm going to tell a different story. I really think he's going to change shit up, good drastically. I hope. Um, okay, so. uh, where do we go next, Brian? Uh, so next, uh, Mel is creeping from afar when uh, Baldo sidles up to her and asks her why she's not meeting with John after begging Danny to bring him to uh, for a meeting. She says that she did what she was supposed to do. She brought together Fire and Ice, which, of course, is the name of the books or uh, the larger story. Varys continues to press her on the reason for not meeting John. Mel says that she is stepping out of the game, but Varys does not believe her. Mel then reveals that she left John on a bad on bad terms. Says she will not see him, and it plans to head to Volantis. Varys then says that she better not come back. To which Mel says that they will both die in Westeros, and uh, leaving him pretty rattled. And obviously, this is the most obvious callback to the uh, Red Priestess that we got for one episode. Uh, yes, last season. Also, I, I think they just talk about Varys like at the. Uh, the Red Priestess Club, <laughs> like, why do why does why do they she know what's going to happen to Varys? Like, I don't yeah, I don't even care. I don't know. I, I don't know why that would be part of what she's trying to see in the visions. But who the visions are so nebulous? I don't really. All the magic it. in the show is too nebulous for my liking. Yeah. There's no ground it, rules. And it's one of those comments that's like a safe bet. You know what I mean? Right. It's a dude in Westeros. Of course, he's going to fucking die in Westeros. Yeah. You know? <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah. He's looking. Oh, oh. Oh. Doug, I think you're going to die in the United States. So <gasps> need a roof for you. Yeah. Watch out. Time to start traveling. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she's just doing the like to give him that like, you know, the, I went skydiving. <laughs> I went Rocky Mountain climbing. Suarez is going to use this as an excuse to like live like he was dying, essentially. He's going to be like, Danny, 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 I can't stick around. I've got to go sing. <laughs> it's my lifelong dream. All right. Uh, Brian, do you have any uh, observations about this scene besides... Um, uh, it's, I felt like just an obligatory meeting between characters that haven't met before. They haven't met? Uh, no, I guess not. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, why would they? Yeah, uh, he's just been in... Um, yeah. He's been in King's Landing, and then he went to uh, wherever, Illyrio's house, Volantis or something. I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll be curious to see if this pays off or if it doesn't. Uh, I, I'm leaning towards that it doesn't pay off, but uh, oh. it's it's kind of odd. Well, at least Mel Sanders is going to come back for season eight, right? That's basically all this is saying. I guess so. Um, but then is it also are we signaling something bad happens to varies prior I, to the conclusion of the show? I guess so. When I yeah, when I like, think about the end, I think everybody's dead except for maybe one or two characters. That's yeah, my something bad's going to happen to everybody. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. You could die of old age, Steve, at the uh, Westeros retirement home. Nah. Okay. All right. Agree to disagree. Okay, so uh, now we finally get to it. John enters the throne room and he gets to meet Danny. <gasps> the moment we've all been waiting for. And this is uh, underwhelming. Uh, he's greeted uh, Dan- uh, Miss-, Miss Sandy. Is that her name? Yeah. Miss Sandy spouts off a laundry list of Danny's titles, you know, Stormborn, Unburnt, all that crap. Uh, and this is responded to by Davos in a charming way by saying, Hey, this is Jon Snow. Uh, yeah, that's part of the episode. Yeah, it's pretty best good. Part of the show. Coach Coach Davos knows what to do. Uh, charming as always. Um, immediately, there's a conflict with the exchange of titles when addressing each other. Uh, you know, somebody didn't call somebody Your Grace; instead, they called him My Lord and all that bullshit. Uh, and it is clear that Tyrion does not mention, did not mention the whole bend the knee thing to John, which we talked about uh, briefly. And John has no interest in bending the knee, and Danny's confused. She's like, why the fuck are you here? It's like, uh, we can help each other. And, um, you know, she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and John says, uh, you know, why should I trust you? Your father burnt my grandfather and uncle alive. Danny apologizes for that whole <laughs> kerfluffle. Yeah. Oopsies. 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 Um, she also throws his own words back into his face. Uh, pr- presumably, it's organically. Nobody whispered in her ear what John said back at Winterfell by saying, "You can't punish. You wouldn't punish the child for the sins of the father." Um, so I guess John can't say anything to that. Uh, she asks why he is here, um, and John says, uh, "You know, he's she's probably better than Cersei since she doesn't want to attack King's Landing right away because the only possible explanation is she doesn't want to kill a bunch of people." So John thinks she's a decent person for that, but still doesn't want to bend the knee. And then at some point she asks for it too much, and John just gets frustrated and says all this Game of Thrones crap is bullshit. Uh, games of children. Obviously, Nay doesn't like that. Says the army of the dead is coming. Uh, and why would anybody believe him? So Danny goes off about how great she is, how she did this, did that, you know, you know, paid her phone bill on time, all that bullshit. Um, and John's still unswayed, but in steps Coach Davos, who talks about all the cool shit John did about, you know, uh, you know, bringing the wildling south, uh, facing the Night King, all that bullshit. Uh, but stop short when mentioning his death and resurrection, which we got, I got to talk about at length. Uh, Tyrion says, if it doesn't matter uh, who sits the Iron Throne, why not just bend the knee? And he retorts that uh, there's no time for this bullshit. We got to move now. Uh, she says, okay, as far as I'm concerned, you and the North are an open rebellion. Uh, and before it can go any further, Varys enters, whispering something in her ear. Danny sends them out to be honored guests, quote-unquote. Um, and then when everybody's out, uh, Varys drops a bomb that their entire fleet is gone. Uh, maybe two or three boats survived. Once again, weird number. Uh, the Greyjoys and the Skanskanks are presumed dead or captured. Um, and that's how we end the scene. 
Yeah, man. Uh, th- they've been building up to this moment for a long time. And to call this anything other than a wet fart is uh, you're deluding yourself. I'm deluding myself then. I, I agree that it-, it was a letdown, but still I enjoyed it. Brian, do you have a different opinion? I thought it was a little bit of a letdown. Um, it just went on way too long, and they were repeating things that we've already heard a million times. It was kind of the disappointing part for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I didn't get that pumped about it. And I didn't feel any conflict in the scene. They, they're talking about, of course, they're talking about like things that they're disagreeing on, but it sounds like just a disagreement, like watching people argue in the Phantom Menace. You know, and th- this shouldn't feel like fucking watching the You're right. Congress I, arguing a Phantom Menace. This, this this should feel like it has uh, emotional weight. Yeah, it's it's the two most it, it's the two main fucking characters, and you're just like, well, yeah, yeah. So uh, Davos, yeah. Davos came across better than anybody else in the fucking scene. Right, and Davos has the most reason to be angry with Danny's crew than anybody else because Tyrion led the attack on his family in the Blackwater and his son died because of the wildfire that Tyrion was behind. Also, yeah, they're, I would, sit, they're sitting in his fucking digs too. Yeah. What? No, they're sitting in his digs too, man. Well, yeah, he's it's, like, that used to be my room. Yeah. I, used to, I, <laughs> I was used the to hand sit, of the king at this place. I used Tyrion. to stand where you were standing. Right. It's true. Uh, the, there's no emotion. It's all like, you're right. It's just like a friendly disagreement. Um, and I guess it's done for, Expediency's sake, I guess, just make things uh, go quick. I have I have no idea why they did it. I feel like it's a giant missed opportunity. Uh, but anyway, it, it I, you know it's it seems like a meet cute in a romantic comedy in which the uptown girl meets the disgusting, gross bodied Billy Joel character. <laughs> I think that's a perfect description. Yes, and they'll find they'll find they'll hate each other at first, and then find some common yep. ground. Yep, it's just like Overboard. Well, also. But also at this point, Danny's coming from a position of power. She doesn't realize she's lost her fleet yet, and so you know it's funny that uh, she we they D and D remarked on how the her war council was uh, four women, and now by the end of this episode, they're all decimated. She has to turn to a man for help. Yep. Uh, but Good the, point. Snacks, did you watch the behind the episode of season or episode two? I, I did, and I uh, I. Uh... I hate those two gentlemen <laughs> with, a, with, a, with a white hot passion. No, Did you love the self-congratulatory uh, like blowjob they gave guys, themselves? Those guys, those guys suck their own dick so fucking good, man. I wish I had the audacity to talk about anything I made with that type of self-congratulatory like passion. But I fucking can't. It's just, it, I hate them. They're going to be coked up like drunk monsters and just die in like a car wreck or in like a, they're going to get hit by like a train or something. I think they're going to be like, so like the two guys that made Lost, and there's J.J. Abrams, which is talented, and then there's the other guy Lindelof. who writes thing. Yes, and it all is trash. Um, I think they're going to be Lindelof. I think they're going to be handed everything, and everything's going to be like... And everything they touch turns to shit? It'll be mildly successful just because of the brand it is, but it'll just be like nobody will... It won't have any lasting cultural impact, you know? Um, I, I mean, they, they've kind of peaked here and they, you know, but like I said, they just chose the right project. I feel, you know, how, yeah, the, how easy the, it could it be to adapt a book that was written by a guy who wrote for TV. I can't, I can't stress how 
Kind of st- but that does that take that does, it does take credit though, and then to have the balls to like push it. And oh yeah, to know this is That's- good. I believe in this project. Let's pursue yeah, this yeah. doggedly. Yep. I mean, I don't. I haven't put anything out. They're better than me, but that's not saying much. So let's move on. Except for this wonderful podcast. That's right. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, she said in her laundry list of things that she's overcome. She said, "I've been raped and defiled." Uh, what is defilement? Because I would have, I would have thought, <laughs> like, is that like, is that's, that like poop torture? No, it's fucking anal. It's anal. Is it? Somebody broke. Somebody broke into her offices and, and messed up her things. <laughs> Ruined her organization, huh? Sort this, Danny. These <laughs> yeah. are before the A's. It's all a fucking mess. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Brian. Where do we go? Uh, okay, so next uh, we uh, see Theon being pulled up by the surviving Northmen. Um, some guy asks about Theon's sister. Theon tells the guy that Euron got her. He tried to save her, but uh, of course the uh, the Iron Islander or Ironborn. What the Iron Islander? What's the hell? Iron Islander? Uh, Ironborn or Island Iron Islanders? Yeah. Jesus, you're Iron, making me yeah, fuck it up. I call them the pirates. Yes, yeah. uh, the pirate points out that if uh, he actually did try to save Yara, then uh, he would be dead. So, so just like Roddy Dangerfield. No respect. Yeah. When, when, when that dude jumped off that boat, that was hilarious. Yeah, it was it the was. funniest thing. And he's it like kicking his legs. Yep. It's like he's like the he's like the wily coyote trying to run a little bit. It's, it's, it's fucking amazing. It was pretty good, yeah. Yeah. They're yep. like, oh, we nailed it in the first one. Let's move it on. Moving on. So I guess these are the remember how uh Vari said maybe two the three boats survived? Is this one of those three boats? I guess so. Yeah, whatever. I don't know how that would be an exact number. Um, yeah, I, how they would know exactly how many boats survived, but it's just like, like Davos guessing how many them. how many good men fucked up their camp when no one was caught. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so next we go to uh, Euron in King's Landing, and he's riding a horse through the streets of King's Landing with the Sand Skanks and Yara behind him. Uh, people are people are cheering, and Euron is getting all boned up. Uh, he told you <laughs> the uh, jumping off the ship. Uh, the uh, the prisoners can continue to travel to King's Landing. They're being thrown at, being spit on, uh, things of those nature. Uh, Euron eventually uh, they arrive at the throne room. Euron dismounts his horse and offers his presence to Cersei, while also taunting Jaime that he was able to obtain justice. Jaime was not. Cersei then uh, lauds Euron and says that he will get an award, perhaps a certificate of appreciation. Uh, (laughs) But he only wants to hit it. So Cersei says maybe after the war, she may be DTF. Uh, People are really excited and cheering. Euron uh, takes the opportunity to taunt Jaime about the people loving him and how the people hate Jaime. And then uh, Jaime responds that eventually he might see his head on a stake. And then Euron re- really rattles Jaime when he asks Jaime about Cersei's uh, S-style, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> and that's kind of the end of the scene. Uh, so uh, when when I was talking about complexity and things like that before, <laughs> this we is exactly it. what you were meaning. This is complex. I mean, this is. These guys are all like just like twirling mustaches, like yes. Skeletor bad guys. They're just like, <laughs> uh, 
And the guy, the guy goes, well, just to remind you, I'm the worst one. What's it like fisting your sister? Yeah. <laughs> He's just like fucking. Just, yeah. <laughs> it's it's so over common. the top. And and like his, his talking to Jamie, if he would have just did. If you if you would have just did one taunt, that would be fine. But to like taunt him repeatedly, it's just it's tiresome. Like it's just way over the top. It's so over the top. And then like oh, and then I love the people in this city. They, these people just oh, yeah. survive like the biggest bombing. There's never been a bombing. It's the first bombing. And, you know, they lost all these people, and they're like, "Ooh, a parade! I can't wait. I love going to parades. I love throwing shit." It's just like I don't, what are you talking I don't, about I, surviving a bombing? What are you talking about that? Did they blow up the? Did they blow up? Oh the, yeah, you uh, mean, the bail. Yeah, they're yeah. they're the, that's pretty much their nine eleven, I would think. Yeah, yeah. It's the, it, nothing's blew. Nothing's blown up before, you know. And it's yep. like they 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 melted it like GI Joe, man. And then they're just like, ooh, there's a parade. I can't wait. I love throwing shit at people. I don't care what it's about. And I love there um, was one moment where they like turned the corner on their like parade where he's parading the captives. And we get this horrible, obvious ADR line of a guy going, whore, yeah, whore. whore. <laughs> you guys notice that yeah. too? Yeah, it's like D&D oh, yeah. going, there's something missing here. Mm. <laughs> I, it was like, it was like, um, it was like I was on Pirates of the Caribbean and I was about to go see that guy's leg hair. Like everybody's like waiting for his leg hanging over. And instead he's screaming whore. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, they, you know how like Pirates of the Caribbean has been slowly like pulling back on the whole women as slaves thing. <laughs> well, yeah, they're changing that whole scene. Yeah, it's totally gone now, right? Because they well, first... no, they're, they're remodeling it completely. They're going to be like selling rich people stuff. It's going to be like pirates beating up rich people. Oh, and then the rich people are going to be like, no, you can't in fifty years. Exactly. Yeah, you can't win with pirates. You know. Yeah, can't can't win. Anyway, mm-hmm. so this douchebag pirate, uh, he's over the top. I, I don't like <laughs> how they want him b- to be two things. They want him to be ferocious like a berserker brute but then they want him to be like a mr fancy pants uh jokester trickster guy um you know he he's he's terrible is what he is yeah um, i, I, th- I, I yeah. think he's horribly cast uh i think i uh, think they're trying to do like another ramsey's like have at least a big bad for this season so like when he gets fucking i don't know how's this guy gonna die when he gets lit on fire at the end of the season you're supposed to go yeah and I, I think everybody's going to go, nah. And he's going to do terrible shit after terrible shit to who's who's. Uh, but the who do we care pirate. about? Who do we care about? I don't know. It, like he'll do something bad to the lesbian pirate. What's her name? Uh, Yara. Yeah, Yara. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, but yeah, he'll do something terrible to her, and you're supposed to go, oh, I hope this guy gets it. But I don't think anybody's really going to care. Yeah, because we don't care about a lot of these characters that are left. Like, there's very few likable characters left. Yeah. I don't know. We don't care. Yep. I I agree. I I, I don't think Steve knows this, but there was a... He said it was fine to call him Steve. I know. I'm just going to yell. I'm just going to yell. So he, in an interview during the... uh, Leading up to this, Steve, he said, like... Uh, wait till you see my character in this season. It's gonna wait. be like it's gonna make uh, Joffrey look like a little baby, or just, like, just I'm gonna be the creepiest, rapiest, like just like what the fuck. I thought you were about to quote the Yin Yang song there, Yin Yang Twins. I was not. Wait till you see I my dick. Feel, I, I, I love it that they feel like that's something they need to top. You know, and, and 
Joffrey was good because again, because of his, he wasn't just a one note. Oh, I'm sorry. He was compared. He said he was going to out Ramsey. Ramsey. It was going to be that even worse than that. Oh, great. So which yeah, which is like the worst part of the show by far is just them uh, just spending so much time on trying to show how deranged Ramsey is. Right. Um, so. But that, but to that actor's credit, that that, that guy was good at being a shithead. Yeah, Ramsey was actually uh, he was cartoonish. But he had that shit down, you know what I mean? He he yeah. did it well. This guy, yeah, that's just, that's just <laughs> bad writing. This guy's gonna make somebody walk the plank, time to the ta- like train tracks, you know what I mean? The, oh, in um, the books, he's nuts. Uh, it's, isn't there like a whole thing, Doug, where he impregnated someone and then tied her to like the ship and yeah, killed her? I mean, so like, spoiler alert, like legit spoiler alert. So fast forward, I don't know, a minute thirty, probably not even. Uh, in one of the Winds of Winter like chapters that George Martin released, um, Euron has taken his brother, who's not even in the show, uh, Aaron Dampair, uh, prisoner, and a whole bunch of other holy men, and cut out their tongues and got them high on LSD, and has strapped everybody to the prow. And at one point, he goes to one town, charms a young girl who's probably like fifteen, because it's you know Middle Ages, and that's George Martin's thing. Gets her pregnant. And then cuts out her tongue and ties her to the prow of the boat alongside of his brother um, just to hang out. Cool. To, to be tortured while they sail to, uh, you know, a couple hundred miles to their next destination. Um, but they're setting him up as being like a bad guy that is delving in some kind of black magic. This guy is just set up to be uh, a berserker who's annoying. I don't know, who's like a trickster god, like Loki. Mixed with Thor, uh, because he can fight real good. Yeah, mixed with Napoleon Bonaparte, or I guess uh, Lafayette would be a better comparison. A great admiral on top of that. Yep. Silly. Very silly. Okay. I, I have a whole problem with series, uh, Cersei's whole villain posse. She has a mad you mean scientist. Neck and neck? She's got the TikTok yeah. man. She's got she, the yeah, evil she scientist. A, yeah, she has a mad scientist. She has Frankenstein. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's, oh, it's, it's just so bad. She's got the bye-bye man. Yeah. <laughs> the pee-pee-poo-poo man. <laughs> it's so, it's so. The league of uh, unextraordinary gentlemen. <laughs> uh, but I, I will say uh, Cersei is the best uh, villain the show has ever had and still has. I, I, I enjoy her over-the-top villainy. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get to at least, at least in this episode, it's like, it, it, she showed a little, she's getting revenge and you're like yeah she should get revenge on right. these motherfuckers yeah we don't like uh, so let's get to it that's the next scene so Alaria and her daughter uh, you know one of the sand skanks are in the clutches of the evil queen Cersei down in the dungeon <laughs> so it's very tropey uh, yeah. but yeah she's monologuing she's just monologuing because uh, Alaria and the other girl are both bound and gagged Cersei brings up the whole, hey, you know, remember when your lover's head exploded by this guy right over here? <laughs> that was probably really tough to watch. And she prattles on about motherhood and losing Marcella. And she does a great job. Uh, we'll get to it, but Cersei's acting, I felt, was good here. Um, I got, I'll go off on it later. Um, she said she, you know, other people sleep, but what she does is lay in bed at night with her Arya-style list and dreaming about how to kill her enemies. And she thought about, you know, different ways to kill Laria and her daughter. Brings up that she wanted the mountain to smash their heads in, uh, but that wasn't good enough. Too quick. And instead, uh, she gives the sand snake, sand skank, sorry, uh, a little smoochy and becomes apparent that her, her lips were poisoned. Um, 
So uh, Cersei is going to kill Alaria's daughter the same way Marcella was killed. Oh, no. Only Alaria is going to have to witness the whole thing and going to be chained in the same room with the body as it decomposes over the period of years, days. I don't know. Uh, And then that's it. Well, I mean, I guess the good thing is the end of the sand skanks. I don't think so. I think Alaria, they gave a window for our Alaria to escape now. Yeah, we got to come back and watch her like decompose or whatever. I feel uh, like Alaria's going to get out. Alaria's going to get out. And maybe there'll be some sort of prison break. Yep. And you know what I read today, Doug, is that uh, in the season six that they were supposed to, the, uh, the guy who played Duran, he was supposed to be in four episodes of that season, but apparently they cut like a lot of the stuff out because the fans hated it so much. If you remember, he got shanked in the first episode of last season. So stupid. Once again, I yeah. it's they didn't hate Dorn. They hated the show's portrayal of Dorn because they didn't put any fucking time or effort into it. Oh, I hate Dorn in the books, Dave. I skip it. Oh, I mean, it's not good, but it's not this bad. Yes or no? It's not this. It's not this. There bad, you go. No. That's all. I'm. That's bad. all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, how does uh, Cersei know how Marcella was killed? Uh, they 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 skimmed on that. The mad scientist. Oh yeah, mad scientist uh, did an autopsy. autopsy and found out. Yeah. I mean, it could have been anybody, but whatever. That's fine. Um, the other thing that kind of made me go, what the heck, is I, I, it seems like Cersei, all of a sudden, Marcella was her favorite kid. Where I don't really even remember hearing shit about Marcella until yeah. kind of just the Sands Gang stuff. Like it's, she, I mean, he didn't have the – she seemed to show deference to her boys because of the fact that they were going to inherit the power. Yeah. On right. the show, it, 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 that didn't come across at all. Her, no. Marcella's right. love. Mm-hmm. And in the book, in the book, she's like really kind of pissed off when they send Marcelo away. Yeah, um, but it's I, I give it to him in the show on that because like the one like positive trait Cersei has is that she loves her kids. Right now um, she doesn't have that. So yeah, so it's it's fine. I I, I bought it. So this is fine, uh, and I love the performance. I was just thinking. Uh, so first of all, I know Brian pointed out in the episode one uh, you weren't here for snacks, but that. Sansa was wearing Cersei's hairstyle, which I didn't pick up on, but I definitely picked up on Cersei wearing hot pink lipstick in this scene. Like, immediately, it was just like, wow, her lips aren't that color. And I think they made it a little bit too obvious. So I knew her lips were fucked up. You know. Give that stylist a raise. I guess. Uh, But what I thought would have been effective, too, would just be to have the mountain crush the little sand skank's head in, have the audience watch it, have the mom scream out again, and then leave the mom with the body to let it decompose. And that would have been equally as psychologically torturing. Um, and it wouldn't have been as neat, and it would have been a shock to the audience. Instead, I think this was too perfect and it too cold. Uh, and that's the problem I have with uh, Jamie's reaction later when he finds out that um, the Queen of Thorns killed his son. Spoiler alert. It was just, there's no emotion. Like, or the emotion is just too muted. It's too cold. Um, yeah. Because how terrifying I mean, would that be to see, like, just her head explode again, see another person's head explode? That would be shocking, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but this this is more poetic, and also I think it's, it lasts longer. I mean, yes, but it's too neat. And I, would hope that, and I would hope they're going somewhere with it, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll I see. think you're giving the show maybe too much credit, uh, and that'll, that'll be a theme when we uh, later on as well. Yeah. All right. So next, uh, we go to Jamie in his room drinking a little vino when uh, Cersei storms in and she's all 
horned up from murdering the uh, <laughs> <Yep. laughs> Martellus. Yeah. Uh, Jamie initially says no, but uh, Cersei has a way of convincing him to do it uh, anyway. And then so uh, it's the Is morning it after. You guys watch a rated R show, but your like recaps are PG thirteen. I try not to be too explicit. Doug will just say whatever. Yeah, it's <laughs> this is definitely an explicit podcast. Yeah. By the way, he uh, said F style. He meant fuck style earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll try to interpret for the rest of everybody going yeah. forward. Uh, so uh, it's the morning after, and Jamie awakes contentedly next to Cersei. Cersei gets up to get dressed, and Jamie says that she needs to hide, but uh, she, um, they don't want people to know. But she doesn't give a shit because she's uh, Darth Cersei now. Cersei opens the door to an attendant outside and orders uh, turn down service, and while also being told that the Iron Bank is in the house. So, what's up with that goddamn ha- handmaid? Like that woman looked very out of place. Uh, yeah, it, it was odd to me too. I wasn't even sure if it was a man or a woman at first. Uh, not that I really care. Uh, we were, uh, what, we're would you would have a problem if it was a woman? <laughs> no, Did you see tell. Wonder Woman? Did you see? I'm sure you saw Spider Man. You saw all the other superhero movies, but I'm guessing Actually, you I really didn't. haven't. I think I've yeah, only seen that. that. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, they're kind of boring. Um, yeah, I thought that was. She did stand out as odd. I don't know what it was. Uh, maybe it was a short haircut. I don't know. It was weird. My, my only excuse I, is my only thinking, and I'll, uh, I'll start to interrupt next. But I think that she's making everybody, all the women in the castle, cut their hair like her, like it's their new yeah. like uniform, work uniform. Oh, see, I thought I. I I did notice the character, but again, I'm probably giving the show too much credit. I figure they might show up later, and they want you to remember that you noticed that person. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Because you didn't have to show them, you know? Um, I, yeah. And it, it was there to show how brash Cersei is, and that's why I don't think she's yeah. going to marry Euron, because why would she? She thinks she can do whatever the fuck she wants, especially right now. She feels, like, unstoppable, and she feels she can... So I, I, I feel like if she wins the war... She's going to marry Jamie openly and just be like, fuck you, world. We're brother and sister and we're ruling. You can kiss my ass. I'll do what I want. Well, this scene combined with the last scene makes me wonder if we're actually going to see Jamie completely flip on her. I mean, he was obviously uh, wasn't into it at first. And then, you know, once she started doing what she's doing, he couldn't stop her. And then he's finally happy about it, it seems like. And then. She's just throwing all propriety out the window, and then I think that the uh, the revelation that Tyrion was innocent, free free Tyrion, um, it's really good. It's really uh, hit Jamie hard. I think it's really. I mean, I think we could see Jamie actually go turn against her. So that's that's always what the people have been speculating in the books yeah. and in the show. Um, and again, how this season's playing out so far, I would say, sure, absolutely, that's what they're going to do. Um, I, I see. I, I'm more. I think it would be more emotionally investing if Jamie killed Tyrion. I think people would be aghast. By It'd be that. more conflicting too. It wouldn't be. Uh, right. It's what I said about like I didn't like the the death scene of the sand skank because it was too like perfect and neat and clean. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I this want would, things to this be would messy. Be, this would be messy, and I can see his back getting in a corner where he's put between his two siblings, and having to kill his brother would certainly motivate him to kill Cersei, because then he wouldn't give a fuck anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's what I hope. And, and particularly, I hope they kill Tyrion because 
I think it would upset a lot of people. That's that, uh, like other people in other podcasts or in other reviews have been calling for that, and I think that's good. I think they should kill a fan favorite. I mean, fan favorites are Tyrion. Yeah. They're Arya. I, I would have Cersei kill Arya, too. I'd have her just get caught with her hand in a cookie jar. Uh, that would be good, it, too. It, it, it would motivate Jon Snow to do something. Yeah, and you so Jon Snow, um, once again, has to choose between fighting the, the, the real army and turning his attention to Cersei out of emotion. And he kind of does that with the Battle of the Bastards, uh, at least right. in the books. And I, and I never want to see, I never want to see Jon Snow and Arya together. You don't get that. You know, Jon Snow gets to see her head on a pike. You know, he doesn't get to hold his sister again. Sometimes life sucks. And that was um, the theme of the, the, even the show for the first couple of seasons. Yeah. Nobility, nobility gets you killed. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. All right, so I guess moving on, uh, Brian. Anything else? No, that's all. Okay. Sorry, am I derailing it too much? Yes, a little bit. Sorry, right. no, I'm just kidding. You're fine. Um, you're no Germain. I knew Germain, and <laughs> Mr. Speaker, you are no Germain. Um, okay, so Cersei meets with the guy from the Iron Bank. Um, she's not about the small talk bullshit. Um, she does mention that the. Uh, the sept of Baylor blowing up was an accident, so I guess that's the PR line that they're going with. I'm sure nobody believes that. Doesn't seem like the guy from the Iron Bank believes that either. But essentially, uh, Cersei astutely uh, assesses the situation, saying, "Well, you're only here because you know that you can't back D- Danny. Because I'm guessing she wrecked your slave trade, and you guys are a bank, so you have no morals, and you probably are betting on that. And she's lost you a lot of money." Plus, she's a revolutionary, and revolutionaries don't really give a fuck about the establishment, which is what uh, the Lannisters are about. They're about keeping, um, you know, basically making Westeros great again, going back to the ways it's always been uh, with the nobility and the lords and all that shit, whereas Danny wants to shake things up. That is not good for business. And I kind of like that theme. Uh, I just didn't enjoy this scene too much. Uh, and at the end of it, she says that if the banker sticks around for two weeks... That he will be repaid in full, hinting at something. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah, the Iron Bank. Are they the worst organization in the world? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, it's really odd because they gave a shitload it, of money to to Stannis, right? Yeah, but they also apparently were part of the slave trade, and I, I just I can't figure out what the deal is because in the books I believe they were like fiercely anti-slavery because they were formed by. Former slaves or or something on those lines. Yep. Well, uh, the city definitely was. So it, it's yeah. it's confusing, and I don't know what George R. Martin is trying to say about uh, the big banks, you know, because that's what this is a comment on uh, in both stories. I just don't know what either story is trying to tell us about the big banks. Besides, I feel like the the one thing the show's pushing here is that they just care about the status quo. You know, they don't want anything too dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I don't get it. And I, I don't think we had any indication that the Iron Bank was evil. It's just that they were, uh, you, you didn't cross them, you know? Yep. Okay. Snacks, glad nothing? I, nothing to, glad I brought that up? No, no man, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure where this plot line's going, and I'm not particularly interested in it. Me, I, me maybe, it maybe, maybe it's... Um, uh, George R. Martin deconstruction, uh, deconstructing institutions. Like he deconstruct religion, and then he's gonna 
deconstruct new religion like finance or economics or whatever. Yeah. Um, again, I was, uh, Hey, maybe we'll get another, everybody in one room and the bank blows up. You know, hey, we can you, only help. You notice that in the middle ages, the tallest building in the village used to be the church. And now today it's the banks. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on. <laughs> Ryan, let's go. What was that? <laughs> I'm just being obnoxious. <laughs> That's from a movie though. Uh, is it? I don't know. I, it was yeah. something that uh, something that I think somebody in uh, one of my high, sc- or high school or college teachers tried to push on yeah. us. Okay. Uh, that Brian, was awful. Yeah. Well, shut up. <laughs> Just keep going. Cover me. <laughs> right. So uh, John is out moping on the cliffs uh, when Tyrion arrives to do some moping of his own. Uh, Tyrion apparently is upset that he failed to figure out that Euron might attack the the fleet. John is upset that he's a prisoner. He's not letting, uh, apparently they're not letting him leave. They discuss John's point, and John realizes that no one here believes him about the White Walkers. Tyrion says that he does wonder, and then John ponders how he will convince everyone. And Tyrion basically says that it's too big of a problem. They have other issues. The people down south have other issues to deal with. John then t- tells Tyrion he wants to leave, but Tyrion chides John for giving up so easily. Tyrion then says Danny is very nice, and John's demands to her are unreasonable. And Tyrion then asks John if there is something he can do to help, uh, which is, uh, I mean, more or less, <laughs> Tyrion's just saying, I don't know what's, oh, you know what, that's uh, my note for the next scene. But yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that's the end of that scene. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is just, uh, this is painful. Exposition. Yeah, it's more yeah, exposition. It was very painful. Um, it was very painful. Um, it- Go ahead. I hear I see a lot of arguments about the actor that plays like people are disappointed in his performance. Uh, Ooh, the John guy or Tyrion? John. John. Yeah. Um and I, I no. I think that guy's a fine actor. I think Danny's more disappointing. I think Danny's more disappointing as an actress, but I think she's gotten better. But I think both of these people are heroes, so they're like the hero in a first person shooter. You know, they're like ciphers. They're like Master Chief. You just... I, I don't think it needs to be. They're just not giving him anything to work with. Uh, you know? I don't think so either. The writing's not there. Like, he, like, what's his motivation? He's like, we need the glass. We need rocks. Ah, uh, they said no. I want rocks. He has been you one... Know, mi- he's, just, one he's been single-minded, too, in the per- first two episodes. You know, he's just about this war to come. He doesn't care about the political intrigue that is definitely a necessity. And it definitely got his ass killed once, so I don't know why he's not catching on. Yeah, I, I I didn't enjoy this scene. And again, I think they're doing a lot of like callbacks, and this is supposed to call back to their conversation on the wall because you know there's nothing more unoriginal than just doing the same thing again backwards. Let's yep. bookend this fucker. Um, hey, so, Kubrick did it in um, what was it? The one with the scary hotel house, The Shining. Yeah, that movie plays the same backwards and forward if you watch it. No, it's true. Um, but yeah, um, it was a waste. Well, let me ask you this: Why is John? This pushes the issue. Let's talk about it now. Why is John keeping it a secret that he is, you know, John Snow Christ? Like, why doesn't he just open up his jacket, say, "Hey, put your fingers in those holes. They never healed because I am a resurrected corpse." They healed, but uh, I think it's because How do you know they, to... they show that. Yeah, he had scars when he was resurrected. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that he's doing that to try not to throw too much at them at one one time. I'm guessing. It's also, I mean, how many crazy ass claims could he make at one time? Well, that's why I was saying if he had the actual wounds, it would be proof. 
you know. I think, but I, but I know people, people are suspicious of magic too. Yeah, that's the other part of it. Yeah, you don't want to go like, hey, I'm a magic man, you know. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I guess. But how would anybody? Why? Why? Why does it matter now? If Sean's been brought back, he just gets a what? Get out of jail free car if there's no fucking consequences for dying and coming back? Or there's no you, you benefits think, for doing it? Like, besides getting your life back, it just seems like it's... Why did John have think, to die? You think John would go with more of a pitch, you know? I think he would bring some wildings, bring some other members in the Night Watch, bring other people that seen this shit, bring a, bring a hand. Bring, uh, bring Juan something. Juan's dead body, you know? Yeah. Like, hey, here's the fucking giants. You thought giants were dead. Here's... A moldering corpse of a giant dude. Yeah, exactly. Like just you know, fucking. Oh, here's you know, this giant direwolf that I presumably is still alive. Ghost isn't dead, right? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> I hate the way the show handles the wolves, but um, yeah, yeah, you're right. He brings nothing to show how special he is. I just shows no. up. Not mm-hmm. no, not even this year show how special he is. Just to prove his fucking point. Yeah. Which, uh, which, if uh, you read the leaks, that seems to be where the where the plot's going. He has to prove to Danny what's going on up north, which seems well, like he has a to go. Idea. He has to go lasso. He has to go lasso. Um, I'm not saying that. <laughs> you said that rodeo, rodeo it. All right. Uh, okay, Brian, where do we go? Or is this? I think it's you. Okay. Yeah. Fuck. Um. Okay, so yeah, so Tyrion met with John. Now Tyrion's meeting with Danny. So Tyrion's basically being the arbiter in this uh, Kramer versus Kramer situation. Um, tells Danny that he should just, or she should just grant John's request to mine the dragon glass because guess what? She didn't even know about it. It's it's worthless to her, and it's valuable to John. So it would be a Vest an investment in a potential ally, which once again nothing ventured, nothing gained. And guess what? There's nothing ventured because she doesn't care about the the stone underneath dragon uh, stone or whatever. Um, Tyrion comically tries to pass off his own words as established wisdom, which I enjoyed. Uh, then Danny mentions uh, the slip of the tongue that Davos had about John being stabbed in the heart, and Tyrion says it's probably just a crazy northern saying. Yeah, that's weird, right? That's funny that he said something like that. Yeah, that is funny. Let's not talk about it anymore. Right. So it's just like, it's a bombshell waiting to go off, which I, I don't, like, what is he going to say? Uh, that's probably is what's going to get her to have sex with him. <laughs> hey, it worked for me. Um, <laughs> so it's weird, though, like, Tyrion's pitch is just like, hey, why not? Why don't you just give it a try? Yeah, yeah hey, no, just do yeah. it. <laughs> I don't know, you know for like this great, this great uh, statesman or, or uh, strategist. I mean, he's really just keeps bumbling thing after thing after thing, including the war effort. This introduction between these two key people. Yep. Um, yeah, he he should probably be fired from the hand of the king. No the way. Old, uh, Scaramucci. The, yeah. <laughs> the mooch. Give him the mooch. The mooch. Give him, give him the rants. Mm. All right. So next, uh, John meets with Danny, and they discuss uh, their amazing dragons and how they both have dead brothers. Uh, Danny raises the point that uh, that she shouldn't be as skeptical of John's claims because there are dragons in the world. They then turn to strategy, and Danny, of course, is not going to let Cersei sit on the throne while they deal with the North. Danny then tells John he can make dragon swords and use her people. John then asks if she believes him, to which she deflects the question. Uh, the one part of this scene I did like 
is when she's like, we're doing what we're born to do. And he's like, I don't want to do any of this fucking shit. I was like, yeah, that sums up as like those, uh, the two best lines in the episode was like, this is John, John Snow. And then he goes, I don't want to do this. And you're like, yep. It's like, I'm going to give a fuck. I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, wanna, exactly. I don't wanna, like Dante. I don't want to be a leader, man. I just feel fucking responsible for everything. You yeah. know, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to do any of this. Which, which is why I, I, I still, I, I'm on Tyrion's side. Why doesn't John just give in and say, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll bend your knee as soon as you help me out with these dead things. That's the price. Well, like just well, to say I, that, so I don't I, care. I don't, I don't think they could. It, I think it's they're moving too fast that they can't go into detail why he doesn't bend the knee. He doesn't bend the knee because then he would lose all the support of the North, and the North are the first things that right. are going to fight the fucking White Walkers. So if he says, "Yeah, I bend the knee," and all, but, and then he shows back home and he goes, "Oh, I bent the knee," and they go, "You motherfucker!" But he should pull a page you know? from Cersei's book and just lead his ass on like Euron, just you know, dragging his. Well, that you know. that would certain that would certainly make things more complicated. Uh, but know, it would move things along too. It it make it complex, which is good <laughs> because yeah. the show, you know, once again got viewers not by being a simple, you know, uh, whatever yeah. fan white, service. White, white hats and black hats. Right. Okay. So now we uh, go to Winterfell. Uh, things are getting back to normal, and Sansa is yas queening all over the place. Um, she gets told that they are kind of low on food, only have enough for a year. And wonders how long the winter will be. Says, hey, they need more food. She basically advises something obvious. Um, and then uh, they walk by an armorer and she says, hey, why aren't there sweaters on that armor? And the guy's like, oh, I don't know. We'll fix that right away. Good thinking, uh, Khaleesi or whatever her name is. Um, she is then left alone with uh, Littlefinger. Uh, and we get an argument about who knows Cersei better, which I'm getting fucking sick of. Um, Cersei or uh, Sansa saying, I know this person better, so... <laughs> I know what they're going to do. Uh, anyway, Littlefinger gives Sansa some uh, Schrodinger's cat advice, basically saying that all things exist, uh, all possibilities exist at the same time. Um, so if you have an imagination and can think of every possible outcome, guess what? You'll never be surprised. And she's all, thanks, Socrates. And uh, this conversation is interrupted by a message telling Sansa that she needs to come to the front door <laughs> because Urkel's there. And and this guy is fucking brand brands there and he's uh less than warm in his greeting. Uh Sansa tears up, hugs him, and he just sits there like a goddamn robot. Later, Sansa and Bran are catching up in the godswood. Uh Sansa uh, says, Hey, it's great you're back. You're Ned Stark's oldest trueborn heir. You're now the Lord of Winterfell. And he's like, I can't be the Lord of Winterfell. I'm the goddamn three eyed raven. And she's like, what are you talking about? She asks some reasonable questions, um, and instead of answering he just cre- answering her, he just creeps her out by telling her how he watched her uh, get married and probably raped through the tree's perspective. And then she leaves like, I gotta go. What in the fuck? Um, <clears throat> couple things. So first, you'll notice, um, did you notice how uh, the maester says that the, that the prior maester, Llewellyn or Lewin, yeah, kept a copy of notes or whatever? Yeah, he he kept a copy of every Raven scroll. I wonder if that's going to come up later. Steve, I'm talking here, buddy. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, it's, and then you notice uh, Littlefinger looked kind of uh, oddly, looked up or looking concerned about it. So I'm wondering uh, what leads to, if that's part of what leads to Littlefinger's downfall. Oh, whether, very good. Yeah. Whether it be um, that he, uh, the one theory is, of course, that, uh, 
she'll find out that he was responsible for uh, some of the the all that shit against her family. Uh, another thing I thought of was that it might be uh, messages uh, to do with Rickon bo- when oh. Uh, oh. the Boltons occupied. No, uh, he's going to find John. He's going to find John Snow's birthright. Uh, well, that's all. Who Littlefinger? Littlefinger. Yeah, possibly. He's going to uh, be I like, I read notes from your dad, and now I know something with power. So uh, the the other question is, I mean, that could be how how Littlefinger bites it. But it also could be now that the one person who does know everything and, and has arrived at the at the at Winterfell. Yeah, like Bran could just be like, "Yeah, I saw Littlefinger uh, yeah. hold a knife to Dad's neck and get his ass captured. Why don't you kill him?" Yeah, I mean that's the. So I wonder if it's one of those two things. Um, the, the whole <laughs> her yes queenie around the 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 uh, the whole place kind of annoyed me. I don't know about yeah, you. Yeah, I, I just, just thought it was stupid top. and uh, it was stupid, yeah. and incredibly obvious and dumb. Like it was tedious to watch yeah um, um and then somebody pointed out online they looked at mira gives when brand that when you first hear her just it's basically her going he's your fucking problem now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah but um his I, that whole i i i hate his it. whole I affect it. throughout the whole thing and no it. emotion i guess it's supposed to show that he's overwhelmed with information and he's just world weary and beyond belief and he's not really human anymore but that's just kind of annoying. But and the then, problem he, he, is, oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And he should have more tact. I don't know why he'd bring like up the worst experience of her life to her. He could have just said, "I saw when you picked your nose and ate it yesterday," or you know, <laughs> yeah, like I agree. It doesn't have to be, "Hey, remember when you were raped?" Yeah, I mean, it's awful. <laughs> I agree, but like it's the same thing with Arya last week when she was the top pie. These people are acting drastically different. Like, yeah. Arya didn't uh-huh. act that way two episodes ago. Bran wasn't acting robotic when he was talking to That's Mira right. in the woods uh, at I, the end of season last, six. Last episode was the, the dirty, hairy partner episode. He's like, I'm hot pie. You look pretty. I'm happy now. And you're yep. like, oh, you're going to die, hot pie. That's too bad. And then it was uh, the, um, I, I don't even know their names. The the guy who runs the Unsully and the uh, girl from the Fast and the Furious. Um. Uh, Ludicrous and a Grey Worm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And they're like, look, they have a relationship now, kind of. Don't, don't you guys want that, maybe? I think I saw one Tumblr about it. Um, Wait, isn't oh, she a I, hacker, too? How many hackers are there in uh, the Fast Five movies? Two. Oh. I think Ludicrous and her. Okay. I've never yeah. seen one. Oh, you're missing oh, out. You don't have to watch one. Watch four, five, six, and seven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe eight. It's a- it's also funny now. You look at these Stark kids, and they started out they're all nice and innocent, and now you've got um, you got this guy's Looney Tunes and can see the world. You've got <laughs> Undead John. You've got uh, Arya as the killing machine, with her can take her face off. Um, it's kind of funny. I would love to see to a me. conversation between Bran and Arya. Who can be the most detached? Like, uh, uh, yeah. Well, Arya betrayed her her detachment in the last episode when uh, she heard that Jon Snow was still alive. So I think there is some human still in her. I'd like to put some human in her if you don't. Oh, no. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Podcast canceled. Is it, is it like this every week? She's 20. She's is 20 like years old. I don't know, man. That's really creepy. Yeah, he's a super <laughs> creep. That's, that's, some, that's, some, that's some pirate king shit to say. Does she like a finger in her bum? Here comes a foreign <laughs> invasion. 
What's her F style? So uh, next we go to uh, Meister. I don't know his name. Is examining Jora. It appears that Jora's grayscale grayscale has healed. Meister knows so they are up to something, but uh, Jora just says he suddenly felt better. The Meister tells Sam to meet him later, and uh, exits the room. Sam asks where uh, Jora where he will go. Of course, he's returning to Danny because he's only alive because Danny told him to get himself healed. They then shake uh, hands tenderly, uh, something that Jora probably hasn't done in months and months. I think he's probably only alive because Sam saved his life. Yeah, well, he does thank both of them. He thanks uh, Danny <laughs> and, and Sam. All right, so I have a lot of problems. Number one, it's presumably the next day, maybe two days later, because didn't the maester say, hey, since you're royal, you're better than other people, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you an extra day. So he's fine after having his skin cut off? No, like, the, I need the, to sleep for 24 hours? The internet's screaming about the time and the like the travel okay, and yeah, all that yeah. shit. Okay, okay. snacks. I, I agree with you. I've given a lot of this travel time. I'm not, I don't really care that the... Iron Fleet, or yeah, just destroyed Danny's uh, Iron Fleet, and then went all the way around the continent to go attack uh, Castle Rock. Uh, after building alert. a thousand ships. Yeah, spoiler alert, after building a thousand ships in like a month. I don't care about any of that. I care about this shit right here where it's like a matter of a day and he's fine. They could have been like, yeah. you've been in a coma for three days, but now you're fine. Or you've been in a coma for a week, and now you seem great. Like that would have yeah. been better to me. Like, why did it have to be like it's the next day? It it really took me out of it. I hated that. Good point. Uh, yeah. La- lazy. It's lazy, and it could have been. It could have been helped out with a little bit of dialogue. That's it. Uh, number two, he should be a little bit more in debt to Sam because I'm asking myself, well, what what the hell is this whole thing about? Is if he I doesn't even mention be- Jon Snow. Like, if he mentioned, like, the guy's gonna go presumably to Danny. But Jon Snow hasn't come up at all in the conversation. It it wasn't, hey, Jon Snow sent me down here, and now I'm helping you. No, it was all about Jorah's dad, who disowned his, disowned his ass anyway. So Sam's all like, I helped you because your dad helped me a million times. And he's like, cool, that's cool. If I had to speculate, I think Jorah's going to end up being the commander of the Night Watch. Uh, yeah, and in the books, before He's going to be like, I fucked up my life. Before you know? Jorah dies, or no, Gior his dad dies. He says, find my son, tell him I want him the night's watch. So right. there you go. And so, and then Sam will be, Sam, you know, John will be like, well, who should be the boss of the night watch? And Sam will be like, how about my buddy with the leprosy? And then Dolores will be, what about me? Yeah, that's right. All right. So next we go to the maester is disciplining Sam. He forbade treating uh, the grayscale. Despite being naughty, the Meister seems, uh, despite Sam being naughty, the Meister still seems pleased. Asked how Sam did it. Sam basically read the instructions like he's at Ikea. Meister tells Sam that he should be prideful and honorable. And then (laughs) he signs Sam to copy old scrolls and books. uh, And that his actual reward is not being thrown out of the the, uh, Meister school. And I assume that these books uh, are actually... For yeah. pretty relevant, they probably have to do with um, with knowledge regarding the White Walkers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just some old ass yeah. White Walker book. You, you seem to read good. No, it's, it's 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 you know the guy knows that Sam's been asking about this shit since he's been here. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely him rewarding him. How's this guy going to get it? Who's going to go burn the library down? Uh, the, you're on. Uh, you're on his way back. He's going to take Old Town. Who's going to go burn the library down? Yeah, I don't know why, but I think he's going to do it. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? 
Yeah, and this it would make sense too if these are old books that you know nobody's seen White Walkers for thousands of years. Of course, the older books would be the ones that would contain that kind of knowledge. So that might actually be tied up pretty uh, pretty tightly with a nice bow there. Yeah, yeah, because no one wants to watch Samuel Tarley spend another two episodes in the Citadel. They're like, get what you need to and get the fuck out. Yeah, please. And have they have they showed his baby and his uh, wife at all? Once, very briefly. Thank God. Okay. Yeah, they're on uh, they're on off campus housing. Yep. Oh, very good. Very good. Okay, so uh, we go to Danny and she's talking with her advisors about the current situation, which uh, seems you know situation normal, all fucked up. Uh, she puts down the little Dornish son like. Uh, Amiibo, or what do they call it? <laughs> Those little things that you put in the video games. You know what I'm talking about? The action figures? Anyway, uh, the Dornishmen are off the table for some reason <laughs> I don't understand. Because uh, the Dornish army is untouched still. Uh, and it's not like they were being led by a mistress. They weren't being led by the royal family anyway. And they probably still hate Cersei. So I would think you could get the army. But I'll go off on that in a little bit. Uh so Danny says she wants to fly around on her dragons and search for the uh, Greyjoy fleet and burn it down, which I think is fine. But, of course, her advisors are against it. Uh, They theorize that uh, what's going to happen with the battle for Cassidy Rock, which should be beginning soon, and we get this, like, intercut scene where Tyrion's talking about what he expects to happen, and then we get to see Grey Worm actually go through the assault. And, yeah, this did seem like a cheap scene. Like, we did have a lot of unsullied, you know, CGI guys approaching a wall, and, uh, you know... It was, it was, this, this was like an episode of, like, first, and each one was disappointed. Like, we haven't been to Casterly Rock... Ever. ...in the books. No. And, like, and like who's... Or Highgarden. Who's, who's the ward of Casterly Rock right now? Who's, like, running the show over there? We and haven't met just, him, so he doesn't exist. Yeah, and then like we see it, and it's just it's just all very. It looks like the castle from like Army of Darkness. It's it's just very disappointing. I agree. Uh, you know, it's expensive as fuck. Maybe all the actors are taking all the money. I don't know. Um, or maybe we'll get some epic battle scenes. I mean, let's. Uh, the Battle of the Bastards was, uh, yeah, was fantastic, great. but I think I would have rather had a more muted battle scene and then a better show consistently for the rest of the nine episodes um, for the budget. But that's just me. Uh, anyway, so we get this back and forth where Tyrion's na- uh, narrating uh, how uh, you know his dad built his house up from ruin, which is crazy and different from the books. And Tyrion was in charge of building the sewers for some fucking reason instead of just being in charge of their uh, maintenance, which is the way it is in the books. So he had... Uh, the sewer builders build in a back door so he could sneak in uh, whores uh, or sex workers. And uh, the Unsullied use this uh, access uh, to get into the castle. They let in all the other Unsullies and the fighting begins in earnest. And Tyrion says, hey, there's going to be more Lannister soldiers there. They were trained by my dad. They're going to be fearsome. But guess what? Uh, the Unsullied are fighting for a reason, something they believe in. You know, whatever. Um, when Grey Worm remarks that, hey, there should have been a lot more dudes here. We killed them all. Um, he then looks over the battlement and sees that the Greyjoy fleet is there. Once again, they, they sped warped over, which I don't care about. And not only is it the Greyjoy fleet, but it's Euron because we see his, um, his silence. The, the one, the one special boat is, is there as well. 
Uh, and, you know, Grey Worm picks up a dying guy. And he's like, where are the rest of the Lannisters? And then we cut to a scene of the Lannister forces being led by Jamie, Randall Tarly, who predictably flipped side because he was already a bad guy and he's staying at Complete Black Hat, and his son, Dickon, some new guy that they recast even though he's not saying anything, and they're assaulting Highgarden, and we get to see the Queen of Thorns look out her window, seeing the approaching army, and she goes in as the sun sets. Oh, isn't wait, that- wait, wait! His uh, the the sun you pointed out isn't that the um, isn't that Robert Batharian, uh, Batheron's bastard son? Nope, that is uh, Samwell Tarly's brother. Oh, really? Yep, that's his dad and his brother. Uh, I didn't think he had a brother. I thought he was no. the only male heir. No, he's the oldest one. And that was the problem. His younger brother was everything Sam wasn't. He was, uh, you know, uh, okay. a big masculine man. And, um, you know, Randall Charlie's all about masculinity. Because um, Jamie, Jamie gives him a funny look when he meets him. Uh, last episode? Yeah. Because they recast him. I think it was like one of these meta jokes about how he's a new person. Okay. You know, Randall Tarly is a lot less intimidating if you call him Randy Tarly. Randy? <laughs> oh, little yeah. Randy Tarly. Oh, I'm little Randy. Uh, uh, I thought very this quickly, let me finish saw- it. Let me finish yeah. it off. So, uh, uh, so they approach, and instead of a big battle, we are treated to the budget-saving aftermath of a battle as Jamie walks past, uh, past all the carnage towards the Queen of Thorns uh, chambers. Go ahead, Brian. So how long has Casterly Rock been around? If if Tyrion was in charge of creating the uh, or building the, it the doesn't sewers. make any sense. It's been around for no. like thousands of years or hundreds of years. Like, like yeah, Winterfell. but they said, but they said his father like rebuilt it for some reason. Like it was like knocked down and then his father rebrought it to greatness, which doesn't make any sense at all. I don't. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Uh, and they had that stupid impregnate line that Bron said. Uh, Once you, again, it's uh, just more callbacks. It's like, hey, remember this yeah. thing from the past? Hey, I'm going to say it again. Wait, remember wait, from wait, the better episode? Awful line. I'll impregnate the, the bitch. It's the, it's the Mike Myers special. I'll yeah. write one movie, and then every other movie I make, I'll write 30% Self of a movie and make the rest of it callbacks. Yeah. I can't wait for uh, You Need a Bad Pussy to call back. Well, it's too late now. She's dead. I could. I didn't. That was the same one. Yeah, that was bad pussy. That was bad I, I didn't recognize her at all. Yeah, because she had a uh, hair and she looked really cute. I liked her. Mm-hmm. Going on, going on. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought this was like underwhelming. Yeah, uh, Snacks yeah. is right. We see these two castles we've never seen before. Uh, I couldn't tell for a while. I couldn't tell Casterly Rock apart from Highgarden. Um. Until yeah, I and I couldn't tell. Right. Like, so I couldn't tell. I, I couldn't tell if they were doing that on purpose. Um, so there, like, do you guys? Uh, how how well do you guys remember Silence of the Lambs? Uh, I watch it every day, every other every other week. Well, it does a cross cutting thing. Where uh, you see Clarice like driving around, going door to door. She's given like a real oh, yeah, joke and going into like a house, and it's not yeah, and it's real, and it's real like ordinary or whatever. And they're cutting to Buffalo Bill do all this creepy stuff. And then you realize she accidentally knocks on Buffalo Bill's door, that it's the same place. And it's like this example they use in all editing classes because it's a it's a very clever device. And I thought maybe they were trying to do this here. Like, you know, they cut to the big wide shot of the armies and you're supposed to think they're outside of Castle Rock. But no, no they're at this I, other yeah. place. I definitely felt that for like a split second, but I don't know if that was intentional or not. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards not. I, I think um, I, I discussed it with a few people at work. We just think it was just 
lazy. Uh, I haven't seen any evidence to the contrary, so I would uh, err on that side as well. And they didn't address it in the after-school special or whatever these guys did. Instead, they talked about how powerful uh, the Oleta scene was, which we'll get to. Uh, anything yeah, else I don't have about, much to add. It, it, yeah. yeah, just uh, underwhelming. Underwhelming. Yep. And, and once again, mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 boring how quickly they're just evening the odds. We're like, okay, yeah. well, if Danny is going to take on Cersei, Cersei is definitely at a disadvantage. For this to be a, a, a you know a fair fight, you know Cersei's got to gain a bunch of power, or Danny's got to lose a bunch of power, and it just keeps happening. Both things keep happening. It's boring. It's predictable. But I don't think, and I don't think it's the speed of the things that's happening. I, I, I think it's the the setup and the payoff. I, I think there's a way to do this in an hour, and they're just not um, executing. You're it. right. Nothing feels earned here. It just feels like we're yeah, it just shit's happening. We're reading the cliff notes. You know, I'm reading the yeah, I'm reading the Wikipedia page. Yep, and that's fine. Once again, uh, the show's been a lot worse. So. All right, uh, Brian, take us home. All right, so Jamie uh, finds Lady Olena sitting by herself. He tells her that the battle is over. The Tyrells have a lot of resources, but apparently aren't good fighters. There's some uh, exposition uh, regarding the explanation as to why the Lannisters were not at Casterly Rock. This was the old bait and switch. Olena then asks Jamie how he plans to kill her while telling Jamie that Joffrey was a cunt. She continues <laughs> on to say that She's done a lot of things to protect her family, but she can sleep well despite all the bad stuff. But Cersei is just an absolute monster, and she could not have done the things that Cersei's done. Jamie then defends Cersei by saying that basically more or less that the ends justify the means, and of course the winners will rewrite the history books. Lena then asks Jamie uh, if Jamie loves Cersei. He says yes, and of course, if he's this he's come this far in, in terms of the battle, then of course the love's out of control. According to to Elena, Elena then calls Cersei a disease, which Jamie uh, ends uh, ends that line of questioning or, or discussion. Elena asks how she will die. Cersei uh, wanted to make it very bad for her, but Jamie instead was had some mercy and brought a painless poison. She houses down the poison, then uh, brings up how painful Joffrey's death was and uh, how horrible it was, and how it must have been terrible for Jamie. Then she then reveals that she killed Joffrey. And tells Jamie to tell Cersei she wants her to know, and uh, Jamie scampers out. Okay, I'll go then. Uh, yeah, I uh, first of all, the Tyrell forces presumably they were going to uh, go to King's Landing to lay siege to it, but they never got picked up. So you would think they would still be at the castle, but somehow they can't mount a defense. And I'm sorry, even if they weren't so good, quote unquote, with fighting. Uh, just sheer numbers should have made it a a contest, and it didn't look yeah. like it did. So if they suck this bad at fighting, it's not really a loss to Danny, right? No, and I think the, because uh, Tarly flipped on him, I think that was a significant portion. Uh, that was one of her biggest bannermen, if not her biggest bannermen. That should have been explained a little bit more, or the fact yeah. that their their armies were in the field or maybe marching towards Dorne to get picked up by the fleet. And they weren't right. at the castle. That little bit of exposition, like one line, would have been fine. Yeah, but yeah, the fact we, that they, yeah without the Tyrells, we're, we're lost. Or, you know, just that, that yeah. simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was odd that she didn't sell out Littlefinger uh, when she, at the, right. during her speech. Might as well. Um, I, 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe because she knows that uh, he will probably end up hurting the Lannisters in the long run, but uh, it did seem kind of odd. Uh, another thing, uh, you know, I'm not going to go on a Doug rant. We know my famous Doug rants about uh, Jamie's uh, redemption art being basically abandoned by the show or just waffling oh, yeah. so much so that it's, it's, it's unrecognizable. But my problem perfect, here... Perfect, perfect example of them losing complexity of the right. character. My problem here is that uh, you know, in the after school special, the where the directors get sucked off by whoever's interviewing them, they're talking about, oh, what a what an amazing moment where Lady Olena wins by getting one little jab. And then I watched it a second time, and there's his rising music, like she's accomplishing something. Number one, there's no guarantee Jamie's ever going to tell Cersei what happened because he can just yeah. protect her. He can say, you know what, I love her, and I'm not gonna, I'm gonna bear, I'm gonna protect her from this horrible news. Guess what, Queen of Thorns doesn't win. Number two. Jamie showed no fucking emotion. I would have loved to seen Jamie, who and and the Queen of Thorns pointed out by calling her his son a cunt, that he called the sword widow's whale. If she would have told him that she would have killed his his kid, and he pulled out that fucking sword and stabbed her right through the fucking heart, and she would have wailed out, it would have been some goddamn emotion out of Jamie, and I would have felt. I would have felt more for Jamie. Instead, Jamie just takes it like a little bitch. And this is my bigger problem. He was, he was he was he was choking back some emotion. A little bit, was, but he was acting like a fucking these people are murderers. These people are yeah. fucking the, everybody who's all these people are they're trying to have it both ways. They're trying to have them be modern people yeah. that are uh you know capable of complex thought, but also have them be violent killers. And they yeah. pull back on the violent killer. These people are irrational uh, ruled yeah. by brute force, and I feel they. And if you back. want, if you want the, if you want to bookend something, throw that old lady out a window. Yeah, that would have been great too. Jamie killed once again. That would have been another callback. Um, I just wanted to see some. So here's my bigger point: George R. R. Martin writes great characters, which are capable of good and evil. These people write bland characters that aren't mm-hmm. <laughs> that are boring. Yes, they're good guys, bad guys. And what is Jamie? He's not even, he's neither. He's not even a good guy or a bad guy. He's just like, I'm following my sister. I'm doing whatever she if says. I, duh, 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 if, duh. I had to, if I had to describe Jamie using Masters of the Universe characters, he would be Beast Man. Uh, I guess. <laughs> that is incomprehensible. Yeah, yeah. That's like one of my intros where Brian's like, what do you mean, Game of Thrones? <laughs> what does Game of Thrones have to do with Beast Man? He's the one that's always. Fucking it up for Skeletor. He's gonna fuck it up for Cersei. I I think this might if, if we're going to see the uh, the Jamie redemption, this has to be the start. Um, this episode at least because he. But why? He did. Why? Yeah. I, because he's got to end up strangling her. He's got to do. I, I think, but I don't know. We'll see. I just wish they would have started moving towards that uh, a little bit more. Like have some momentum behind it instead of. Yeah, them not caring about time and just being like, okay, Jamie's uh, flipping again. The the, the theme of season three is uh, they're cutting to the chase. There's not time to do these things anymore, so they're just mashing shit together, like I said. Whatever. Uh, In the retelling, I'm going to go ahead and say this: the score dropped for me. At the beginning, I think this was a 4.0 on par with the first episode. I'm going to go ahead and give it uh, downgraded to a 3.5. That's the same for me. Wow, we've agreed three weeks in a row, Brian. This is insane. Yeah. Uh, How high does your scale go? The God five? damn it, it's the easiest thing in the world to fucking comprehend. <laughs> it's a 10-point scale uh, up to five, going from zero to five in 0.5 increments. 
Okay, very good. Unless it's you a real, give it a smiley face. It's a real beast master, Steve. <laughs> I, again, what I, I, so like the two notes I had was the, the, the lack of complexity in the characters. And, and this was an episode of first. Like you're, you're finally seeing some of these things that you've only alluded to or heard about over and over and over again. And each one was an absolute letdown. I would agree with that 100%. I, I will say that um, I think decent acting saved it. I did enjoy the scene with uh, Lady Olena and Jamie at the end. I think they both did a good job acting. I enjoyed uh, Cersei hamming it up. Oh, and, and another point. Let me ask you this. The the actress who plays Cersei, Lena Headey, I, I just recently bought uh, the Judge Dredd movie, the new one where she's the bad guy. Uh, I love that movie, even though it's like kind of trashy. Uh, and I want to say that I would love to see Cersei Lannister, the character, Lena Headey, be in a rom-com or something, because I feel like she's going to be like Shooter McGavin, where like, she's going to yeah, get pigeonholed as, be a bad guy. she's always yeah. going to be a bad guy. Yeah. That's a it's problem true. for me. It's a, a problem. It's a problem. I mean, I don't think her bank account will think it's a problem, but it is a it is a problem. Yeah. Um, and so, guys, have you guys talked about this? Like, are you guys counting down? Like you only have like ten episodes, yeah, left, right? Are you guys happy to be free of this burden? Uh, we've talked Every about day. it being <laughs> it's bittersweet. I think we yeah. hate the the schedule. I think that I, I, at least I don't want to speak for you, Brian, but having to do it every week, um, you know, is trying. Especially we both have small children, and you know, yeah. things going on. I guess I just see it as a death clock, like just seeing that counting down. And my other thing is, is I think so many people like you guys have been along for like the whole ride and I've done the same thing you guys have done is like rewatched all the episodes, like, um, giving this, like, I can't imagine you guys ever watching this shit again after this season. Never. Um, but I just feel like people are just glad shit is finally happening and they don't care that it's happening. They just know it's almost over and their obligation is almost done. So they're like, Oh, thank God. I don't care. Good enough. I let think me, it's let, more like of this fucking. I, I, I honestly would have rather read the books, but because of the horrible situation and I, I don't think the George R. R. Martin's going to figure or finish the books for at least another five to ten years, maybe, if yeah. he finishes them all at all. Um, so I just want the story to be over because I can't get what I want. What I want isn't available, so I have to deal with this, and I'm just glad it's it's coming to an end. <laughs> I, I know i am I, I i'm looking forward to finding out what happens even if it's a condensed fan fiction version and i'll okay. i'll read the books but maybe i i won't be i'll be satiated i guess okay brian i don't want, cool. i feel like i've been speaking for you brian speak up no that's i mean that's about right I, you know i i do still enjoy it that it's uh you know it's a great even though we've watched it, it dissected I still don't will throw it on while doing work or something and you know not it's a good thing to have on in the background where you don't have to pay attention but you can look at, at the fun interesting stuff I mean I, I think it's great still so uh, it's definitely and that's the thing uh in some in whole it's still a very it's still a very good show it's a very yeah. good TV show yeah it just has some very deep problems very big problems and uh it could be better which is the frustrating part uh but you know sure we enjoy this shit i'm looking forward Mm -hmm. to next episode oh so let's do a little bit of the preview um gentlemen i must i must excuse myself that does that blow up the podcast yes it does you're fired
right. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks fellas. for joining I'll, us. I'll All right. All right. So long, bozo. So now that uh, Danny has suffered two terrible defeats, she's got to let loose on the dragons, right? She's got to let the dragons go. I think so. But, uh, I mean, I think it's more important that she gets Jon Snow on board so that she has his army. I think she can do she can do both. Uh, unfortunately, I don't want to say she needs a show of power, but I think she needs to let her dragons, um, uh, like, destroy something. You know what I mean? Maybe not things, take King's Landing, but she has to show how powerful her dragons are so that the people that have sided with Cersei think twice about it. Uh, that's just me, though. Yeah, because she hasn't used them to any, uh, hasn't used them in in Westeros yet. So yeah, I don't think anybody should. I'm not sure they're scared of their dragons, but I don't think that they'll realize the amount of destructive force that they might have that has not been shown in Westeros yet. Um, But she did use it pretty effectively in Essos, destroying the uh, the fleet of slavers somehow. So somehow mm -hmm. she's able to control not only one dragon but three. Who knows? Yeah, I'm starting to to wonder if we're actually going to see the three heads of the dragon at this point. Yeah, I agree with with the fact that they introduced that giant crossbow. Yeah, uh, means one of the dragons is going to die. So I don't know if we will get the three heads of the dragon. That's not yeah. something that was introduced in the show, so they might have just cut it out for efficiency's sake. Anyway, we've been going on way too long, so let's uh, go ahead and end this. Uh, Brian, thanks for joining us. Uh, snacks, mm-hmm. uh, even though he's not here. Thank you, snacks. And uh, we'll be back for uh, Season 7, Episode 4 next week, guys. Uh, See you next Tuesday. Say bye, Brian. Bye, Brian. Bye, Brian.